Hey, everybody. We're zooming. It's a hot sort of weird day. It's been raining the bejesus up here. We're zooming from our secret room with Patrick. Hello. Hello. And we have uh, my old friend, roommate, Bob Gawkey from uh, Bronx, right? Rochester. Yeah, from, from France. France. You're from France. Now, okay, well, you can lie and say wherever you Penfield. want to be. No, I, uh, I was from Penfield. I don't know what's happened in Penfield. I haven't, oh, you know, been God. back in, in 20 five years or so I, I i like rochester as this idea and you guys are kind of like <laughs> yeah. ms3 3k you know so i i you know it's it's best I, as an idea i found i go yeah. i'm in pittsford a lot because we usually tape in the podcast studio and i okay. do music out there so i go you know where that pickle factory is it's like by grocery it's an old pickle factory we take okay. it there we go there but i don't really go through penfield that much yeah it's somebody rare. told me that yeah, they they like moved like the whole center of the town, and it's completely built up, just like the rest of, you know, the the COVID I world. I did. I took my yeah. dad to the symphony orchestra there many times, but in Penfield, was good. Yeah, they, it's really good. It's like fifteen bucks, and it's good. Wow. But you have, you bring out snow too, because I remember when we went home from Washington, that had to be in the top five of the worst drives I ever had when we drove home from Washington. Remember the snow when we you left from Alexandria. I, I didn't remember this, Rob, until you mentioned it. And I, I successfully blocked <laughs> out most out. of my past. But I'm, I'm having a good feeling. I'm, 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 it's, a, it's a warm snow feeling. It was bad. But then when I went to the Beacon Theater, we were going to meet. We had to drive back in the morning. We got caught in a snowstorm. Yeah. Isn't that funny? It is a little bit like Truman Show or something, how like the rest of the country is, you know, global warming. And then you get to this Rochester belt and suddenly like Rich Funky is you know, still on TV after 50 years and everything's funky and it's snowing and, you know, you're just trapped. You, so people I, don't leave Rochester. I wish I wish he was just still on TV. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's, he's not. Legi- he's a legislator oh, now. No, he's he's a, a Republican legislator. What? He's a super, yeah, he's a super Republican. Uh, uh, how do you want to know? Like, wait, wait, uh, wait, we're not super yeah. Republicans? Oh, I mean, I, I mean, I'm on the wrong show. I'm sorry. I think, actually, I was thinking about politics. I mean, not that little. there's anything wrong. No, I was thinking that. about politics a little because we were in Washington. We were interns. And considering I think both of us don't really fit in any like mode. Could you imagine being there now? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> but because I don't think I mean, we're sort of like everywhere. And I think well, you have to be part of checking the box now. Is, it, is this a family show? You could swear all you want. Oh, no. Yeah. Fuck no. It's not swearing. I I think most of us understand when we're young that you can't get laid as a conservative, you know, so you just kind of you kind of you kind of flip hats a little bit and you keep those secret discussions to like the third date, you know, where her her true feelings come out. You know, I went the other way, though. I used to be pretty right wing, like when I was younger. I've I've gone the other way where a lot of people, they say you turn the other way like you're liberal, then you turn conservative. It's where the pussy is. What can you do? <laughs> you're on the right show, my friend. I kind of figured so, this. So I'll just, you'll like the story. I was at the Plum House today. So I looked <laughs> on the menu, right? They have a Trump rule. Uh, yeah. What's what's in the Trump rule? I'll send it. I took a picture yeah. on my phone. Yeah, but how, the, the obligatory question we ask, how have you dealt with COVID and especially in New York City? Like with this, how have you been doing? Um, I'm I'm floating on something helium or or just my 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 
intestinal tract. I'm doing well. I mean, I think teachers, bless them. I, um, Rob, I mean, my own tassels with the government. I, I, uh, I've been a public school teacher for a number of years now, but it wasn't always that way. And I was kind of a, you know, I, I was kicked out at one point and then it's like a soap opera. I got back in and I'm very happy uh, to be a, a public school teacher in the city. They, they do us very well. And um, if you can handle middle school kids, I don't know if you can. Fisher students, kind of the same thing. Uh, you <laughs> Most know. people can't. That's why uh, middle, middle school teachers are a very prized breed. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I think uh, Gene Wilder taught me everything I needed to know. But um, it's uh, what can I say? Yeah. In terms of how we're doing it there, pretty well. I mean, I think most people, as you know, like vaccination rates were, were pretty good. And most people, uh, most businesses were kind of stuck to the protocols. You go in, you'd see a lot of like plastic up. They would scan your brain and, and implant the chip. And then, yeah, you know, you were fine. like. You're like good to meet the girlfriend wearing a full latex <laughs> condom, you know. And there was, it was a good. guy. Yeah. One of my friends saw him coming out of a wagon. We don't know if it was a joke or if he was a nut. He wore a full hazmat suit. <laughs> yeah, I, you I mean, people, if you, I mean, if you got one, you know, yeah. you'll be fine. You know. Yeah. What about you guys? Are you vaccinated? How's oh, it going? Of course, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not real. You know, it was made up and it was a coup, but I, yeah, you right. know, why not? Do you see yeah. my friend Kim Dreheim found? I don't somebody, have to tell Bill Gates where I am anymore. Somebody yeah. posted, posted this thing, right? Said, this is the chip they put in you when they vaccinate you. One of my friends who was a musician saw, that's a guitar clamp, you jackass. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing. You know, uh, I, somebody wrote about this recently. We're as a society, we're very lonely and people yeah. want to think that people care about them. But, you yeah. know, they know yeah. they just want your money, you know, but um, yeah, they don't, yeah, yeah, it's a lonely planet. You know? It is. And I think a lot of people, the online thing creates like a false universe, too. Or, oh, I'm so happy. You look at my fun life and it's like, no, no. No. Yeah. It, it, well, everybody, everybody can be as important as they think they are or want people. Yeah. Well, no, as important I, as they want people to think they are. I call it make believe in yourself. It, it happens a lot. And <laughs> really, I mean, it's I, I don't know how you feel about this, guys, Rob. Uh, you know, I never is like what you the, I'm sure it's always been this way, but you feel in this moment what you know really now determines what you are, you know, more than any other time. I mean, if you don't want to get vaccinated, if you want to believe all these QAnon things, yeah. you know, there, you've got plenty of company, you know. I don't yeah. know. yeah, it's just, yeah, I, I, I think that, I think there's a lot of things. I think that now is a time where um, people with, uh, people with extreme opinions are louder than everyone else for one thing. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to get an accurate, accurate picture of how many, you know, you know, quote unquote nutcases there are when they when they they basically have effectively have a megaphone yeah um you know i mean you can look at you know you can look at voting you can you know and things like that but it's like who knows you know it's like i like to think that for every you know for every like uh died in the wool QAnon conspiracist there's just uh somebody who just doesn't know you know and and is just is clicking everything you know um who knows but you know I think that, you know, in, in, in time, um, you know, at time, I like to think that that people will figure stuff out, but. Or they'll die off. 
Yeah. Or they, yeah. Or they'll, or they'll just, yeah. I mean, you know, non-vaccinated people, um, they're, they're dying off. Um, yeah. <laughs> fortunately, they're, they're, fortunately, they're keeping everyone else at risk and, and, you know, yeah. and uh, helping variants to propagate. So, yeah. But um, while, well, I've been pretty much even debating doing the laundry during this, why I want to get so much stuff done. You've been busy. And I got this nice little present from you. Oh, oh. And would you like to tell us about it? Uh, yeah, I was gonna, I don't know. I mean, I'm just, what can I say? I mean, I'm 54. I've got herpes. I, I live in the Bronx, you know. I, well, I've no, got... I think one thing I've always said, you've always been a very creative guy. We always talk, you've always been all over the place. And I think creative um, people create. You just so, can't be So for, for those of us on the audio medium that can't see the thing you just showed in the video. Yes. Bob's got pockets. We only released this in audio. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, it's got a nude picture of Bob on the front. <laughs> oh. That's right. Well, I don't know. I mean, basically, it's uh, I, I guess it's my way of coping. I'm sure there's a biological rationale for it. When you don't have kids, you know, you just you want to know you exist. You're trying to leave your fingerprint. And, um, you know, it, it's it's I don't know what the metaphor is shooting monkeys in a fishbowl in a barrel. <laughs> but it, it's it's the George Plimpton idea of like participatory journalism or experience. You throw yourself in weird fucked up shit and it becomes easy to write about stuff. I, I try not to write about myself. I figure there's enough narcissism for, uh, you know, 350 million people, but, um, I, 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 I've tried to do interesting work. I was a sperm donor. I, I was, uh, an alcohol counselor. I, 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 I teach middle school in a very you worked on Freddy's nightmares. Didn't you for a while? No, I know, but I, I, I was somewhere down. I was out in yeah, in Dred, in Dred Zeppelin, I had some friends involved with that. Yeah, you and got me into that. You got me into that. Yeah, I apologize, but you know, I think if you grow <laughs> up suburban, particularly if you're from Penfield or Pittsford or or Irondequoit or Greece or wherever, you know, you you kind of you know, I don't know, you you've been incubated. Mm. In, you've done a pretty good job, and and I think particularly for me and Rob, when you're you're commuting to college and you really feel like Cinderella, your friends come back you know, during the breaks and, and they've met women they're going to marry. They've made connections that will, you know, take them to the top and, and you're fucking commuting to fucking Nazareth and Fisher, you know? <laughs> and, and, and so I don't know, I have this chip on my shoulder. So I don't know, maybe I, I, I have great plastic surgeons. I don't know what it is, but uh, I'm still living these crazy teenage ambitions. I, I write a lot. I, I do music a lot and um, nobody cares, but, I got, you know, I got to be me like that. How, how is doing? I'm very interested. I feel, I, I feel an instant kinship to you. I've had, uh, a, fr I've had a couple <laughs> of friends do this now. And yeah. like, look at us too. I've been doing this podcast now. All you need is like a studio or you need like to find a friend who will, yeah, who has stuff. You need that. listeners. And yeah. I, actually, I have yeah. a lot of interesting people. I know that's the big thing. And I found the key to that is bring them on, let them talk. But oh. I'm, I'm really interested in the publishing industry for you. Like I have another friend, my oh. friend, Monty Campbell, who hopefully yeah. he'll join us sometime, who just did his own book. How did you get like, what's the publishing like now? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll explain that uh, really easily. Uh, I, I lived in Portland, Oregon for 10 years. And that's like the Earth 2 Rochester. It has Everybody the same said building. that. Everybody said that. It has the same buildings as Rochester, you know. Yeah. And, but now it's, it's doubled in size. But in the 90s, it was when, when those people from Portland were there and, and they kind of have it wrong because Portland is very slow and they fast cut the episodes to make it look like it's happening in New York or LA. But Portland, at least um, when I was there, it was this Rochester thing. Anyways, long story short, Rob, 
Um, you know, you've got a friend who's our age and, and he has his little press and he's like publishing, like, you know, just kind of a step above fanzines, just like, um, you know, what do they call them? Some, I forgot what they're called, but, um, it'll come to me, but just small, small books. And then what's happened in the last 20 years is, uh, print on demand, vanity press, as it used to be called digital publishing has matured. So when you get something made, like here's a Rochesterian friend, Mark Trevor, who uh, worked at Borders for a long time and, and did his like childhood memoirs. Um, you know, you, you're producing, you can self-publish something that has a technical quality of a major publisher. The, the challenge is to find an audience. Yeah. You know, most, most, most culture is aimed towards teen, teenagers, you know, and if, if you're kind of invisible, if, if you're not 17 yeah. in this culture. So that's, that's the challenge. And somebody, everybody somebody writing made YA a, fiction. Somebody so, made yeah. a comment about that one time about Jaws. You never could have had Robert Shaw. You would have had to have Orlando Bloom because he's too old. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's yeah. all younger people. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's like a double-edged sword too. I think now we can get the stuff out there, but there's so much stuff out there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you have to somehow try to find a connection and say like one person gets, wow, I like this. I'll recommend it because I still go back to my friends for music and just yeah. say, okay, what are you listening to now? No, exactly. And you're making a very great point. And I'm trying to think of the guy, there is someone who uh, has been on this ball for like the last 20 years. And he talks about permission marketing. Basically, you know, market, they call marketing the only American art, but marketing has been flipped on its head because you listen to your friend's recommendation. You don't, you don't, you don't read junk mail. You don't read, read junk emails. You, you are, so what counts, I think the, 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 the positive side to this whole new paradigm is quality matters. You know, you're gonna, you're gonna check on someone's blog who you like, who you feel is intelligent, who's doing consistent work. And you can tell the people who get paid to do stuff and who, whose hearts aren't in it, you know, and, 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 you know, it's just really hard to lie. You know, you've got to be doing good stuff and you have to be doing it consistently. Yeah. I'm even more that get off my lawn guy now where I'm realizing like the popular <laughs> stuff doesn't interest me at all. I don't know if I've seen it before. And I just try to search and search like for indie stuff off the grid stuff. Yeah, that's why I'm on the local music scene, but like, you yeah. know, regular stuff, I don't really pay attention. Yeah, it's it's a challenge, but I think as someone said, you know, if people were really getting stupider, civilization would have ended thousands of years ago. You got to search it out. It's it's still there. I mean, I'm sure we could find stuff we agree on. Uh, there's always quality stuff being made. Sometimes it just takes a little longer for it. But, um, you know, what do you do if you're not 17 and, and you still like interesting stuff? Um, maybe that's a market for you guys, you know, <laughs> or, What's the or art us. Of like too? One thing I cannot write at all, as you can tell, I'm long-winded. I go off on tangents. You have to be very succinct. It looks like poetry. Now you have mm-hmm. to really choose your words, right? Don't you? Uh, well, you know, to me, Rob, that's stream, just interrupt for it. Is it stream of consciousness a lot or not? Or just is it? Yeah, it's kind know? of more like static electricity. I, I write short poems. It's something that bothers me. And, and like, again, I kind of consciously put myself in irritating situations. I, it sounds like I'm describing a sex act. But, you know, you, you just <laughs> you really, uh, you, 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 get, you know, you put yourself in a place where you'll get triggered. Um, and that's kind of how my poems develop. I'll see a tendency. Like, for example, what I've been noticing, I don't know if you guys have seen this very much, but it seems like, and, and I date a lot, that everybody's traumatized. Everybody I meet, mm. is, is they use this word trauma a lot. 
and, and they reflect it too. Um, and I think it's some kind of reflection on the fact that they're saying, even before COVID, people are isolating more. Um, maybe Rochester is different. Maybe that's why people stay in Rochester. Malcolm Gladwell actually wrote about this quality of life is friendship, is community, is connectivity. Remember Bowling it, Alone, the old book by I think Bowling I remember Alone. that title. I, yeah. I can't think of the guy. But I'll notice this going on my walks. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll just friendly, you go by, you try to not say I, a lot of people just give you the don't even look at you. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't even look at you. But we're, we're one, I, got, I got one yeah. woman. She had I saw her car it was all left wing stuff, LGBT, uh-huh. her dog. I saw yeah. she's she waved and smiled and like I found a kindred spirit there. Yeah. But like the normal yeah. suburbanites, they look at yeah. me like uh, me, I guess. <laughs> well, no, I mean you're you're right, and I think that's kind of that's what happened to people. Uh, you know, if they, if you kind of take advertising and its word, you should be scared and alone and you smell bad. You know, it's like what yeah. Pete Townsend was writing bad, about. If you drink bad beer, all the girls will 50 years it. ago. Um, and unfortunately, people are in that situation. And um, I mean, I, I would say beyond my colleagues and the musicians I work with, I can't say I have more than a few good friends that I can rely on. And I hope it's better in Rochester, because to me, that's the promise of smaller cities. It's like an Aristotelian community. You've got ideally 300 people and you're all responsible to each other. And no one can be a total asshole because you're going to see them, you know, every week. I I get, I mean, for, for, for me, I know it depends on like kind of the circles you put yourself in or, you know, I I think um, myself doing community theater for a long time, I, I have, I know a lot of people, but that I've been out of it, you know, for the last couple of years is I maintain good relationships with, you know, fewer, fewer people just because you don't see mm-hmm. them. Um, but it's all, you know, through social media mostly. And, but now like, you know, um, now that there are more options to get out and do stuff, I have to now just get off my butt and go do it and work on, rebuilding those relationships because it is like you said it is important um and uh you know as much as i myself have kind of enjoyed the isolation early on it's like yeah it's definitely it's definitely hit its you know yeah i'm, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of done with it <laughs> yeah no it's funny I, I, I when i was younger i'd always mock who's that old fucker at the party now i'm the old fucker at the party oh, you yeah. know and, and and it's like okay you know, and um, I mean, I try to keep my my artistic side slightly separate from my pr- uh, professional side. But then I realize that doesn't really care. And my students are like, Mister, we found your page on YouTube. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, just don't watch the video of the, the woman humping the tree and I won't get fired. But um, you, you realize this. I mean, and this is maybe the, the triumph of Pixar, but we're all 13, like for the rest of our lives. And um, yeah. there were, you know, quality stuff. I mean, you have to. I think I think Rob and I met in a philosophy class at Fisher and David I'm White, sure, David White. And I'm still, you know, I still read philosophy. I'm sure Rob does, too. And you, you the best advice I ever got was from uh, John Harmon. It's like stay in a learning stream and. You know, uh, I think you can really, I, I, I can kind of split who I want to spend time with between people who read and people who don't. You know, there's just a certain kind of development that happens in your mind that you don't get from television, you know. Yeah. And just you know, give me someone who has something interesting to think about. and I'm happy. Yeah, I love picking out books and recommending them and saying, hey, I learned something from this. This is different. You really should get into this. 
yeah and everything else yeah. that's like part of the podcast and we just open up to talk about anything yeah like how do you deal with it the parents been pains or good with this now during school during all this stuff well it's fine i mean this is the sad secret of teaching if I, I teach in a poor community and basically you never get shit from the parents um because they're working um new york city never asked people for papers so you know i mean i've had kids with parents in in jail for mice and stuff and basically um there's a great book called uh schooling in capitalist america um basically if if you're working in a poor area kind of it's basically businesses call the shots and they want workers. They want workers who will be on time, will be obedient, you know, and won't yeah. cause problems. And so our curriculum kind of filters through that mentality. And there's me and a few other people who try to do interesting shit. And you're like Spider-Man. No one is on your side. The kids are too young. The parents yeah. are too tired and your administrators don't even know what you're doing. That's so. why I hated grade school because it was just conformity. They want you to be different, yeah. they say, yeah. but if you are, heaven help you. That's you know? that's the job. That's the job of K through 12. And then when you get to college, they want to blow your minds and, you know, make you just question. I have a everything. couple blasts for the past for you. Ah! Oh, my God. I, how what are we look, What are we looking at? What are we looking at? I'm going to show you. I know. I know. Say what we're looking at. We're looking at a CD. <laughs> and CD. Oh, my God. Rob, how do you did I say? Uh, holy shit. Oh my God, Rob! I love you, Don't man. Don't we room together? I stole them from your. <laughs> okay, what I held up to Bob was, could you explain those to the class for us? Okay, this is uh, this is my first band. Uh, it was started in Rochester. I had some friends from my high school who opened up a place called the Bug Jar. Still uh, there, I think. Yeah, it's still it, it, there. It's still there. Somehow. And it's, I don't think it's owned by the same people. They Bobby were basically. T is Bobby T is there? There's other people who are more. I could ask the door guy. He's a good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. um, basically, it was KP, uh, Casey Walpert, Rob Duke, and a third guy I can't remember for a good reason. Um, and they, you know, that was it was just like Rochester is so small. It's like, hey, one cool place, kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the one cool place that we go. It's very and, small. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> you know. Again, I, I think Rob and I can feel the same thing about this. I mean, you know. Our friends, uh, you know, had these great adventures, and we're like in Rochester. I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I, it's I, true, though. No, it's true. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're like little Dorothy's staring at the rainbow up there, going. You're trying to find. You're trying to find coolness, and um, I, I kind of I helped um, them put together a CD. They created uh, a compilation CD uh, of acts, and I basically project managed it in the fact that I got the artists. I, I got the studios, I, I made the connections, and this is 1992, maybe, or 91, it was the, the dawn of CDs. CDs still had a lot of ooh-ah factor to them. And so essentially, I did a band with a guy named Eric Gregory, and um, we played with some people in a, from a band called Nod, I think they're still going. I remember Nod, yeah, I know. I remember, I remember, they're still I around. They pop, and, out, they pop out, every. they're those bands you think are gone, then they pop out like once yeah. a year. So. Yeah, Joe Soriero, I, th I think, um, you know, it's funny, and Jeff Spivak is still in New in Rochester, right? He's doing, now he's like for XXI, they they paid my house clean the other paper out because they're losing money. So now, yeah. yeah. So long story short, uh, I'll, I'll make this really fast. Um, I did a band and uh, mostly with Eric, but also Al Murphy, who is now the mighty high and dry. Uh, I oh, think they're, they're really good friends with me. I actually talked to Kyle. Yeah. Kyle's been on the show and I, I know them all very well. I know Eric 
we had to retire because of health reasons. They're Caterly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But it's Kyle and Alex Cote plays with them sometimes. So uh, Eric Gregory and I did this group and we, we both huge have huge record collections. And, you know, we're just referencing obscure stuff that you guys probably know, like go-betweens or, you know, we're writers like, you know, Lou Reed and this stuff. And we can't really play our instruments. So uh, we did this bug jar compilation as a way to just kind of push things forward. We recorded with Jim Huey, and actually there was a kind of escape to Earth, too. I took a, a few Rochester musicians with me to Portland, including Jim and a guy named Steve McAvoy, who used to work at House of Guitars, and then Eric and some other people. But uh, the Bug Jarrow compilation, I'm on that on a track called um, Face in the Pavement, and the group was called Supermarket at that point. We sound, it sounds a lot like Sid Barrett's, like, Apples and Oranges or something like that. We were... We were mainlining the chills, Martin Phillips, all that flying on stuff. And then, uh, long story short, we moved out to the West Coast. We changed lineups. And you never know what's going to happen, but we found that hippies loved us. We're doing, like, these punk anarchist songs, like, fucking in the streets. And the hippies <laughs> are like, oh, yo, right on, man. And we actually made – do you guys know Larry Feldman? He is a yeah. DJ. Yeah. Is, uh, he's going to he, – I can't step foot in Rochester because he will kill me. I wrote an opera, a rock opera, based on his you life. You call Larry. I remember that, Larry. That's, that's Larry. about Larry Feldman. Actually, and Beth he's Bailey. Like, you remember Beth Bailey at all? Yeah, uh, yeah. She, uh, she, I showed her that one play, that one movie script you were doing. You were doing. She said she wished you finished it because it was like with the hair or whatever. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> funny. Well, I'm still, I'm still writing stuff, and that's kind of a reason to be in New York. But um, you, you get to an age um, where suddenly you don't think you've done anything, but most people are like young and they're already adults. They're half your age and they sound kind of stupid and you want to help them. And, you know, uh, I don't know. So long story short, Rob was just showing some CDs from a band called Hypermarket, which was started in Rochester, finished in Portland. Um, and I just keep releasing stuff is under my name. Is Pocket Dictator different? Is it part of it or was it you? Just you. It's just, it's like just little, You look like a little mean little dude in the pocket here. Like, yeah. <laughs> little, hey, little, hey, spark, hey, little Sparks reference. Yeah, I look like Russell or Ron Mail. I forgot who was the Hitler looking one. Oh, like they, oh geez. Yeah. You yeah. know, Sparks, that guy dude looks like Hitler. Yeah. But I've always wondered what has civilization done to you then? Maybe what has it done for me? Oh, oh, Rob, Rob. Now, how's uh, it? Uh, what's I, I listened to this again. I, I remember. I always remember years ago. You always seem to be in world music a lot, French. Yeah, music. yeah. And no, I, I listen to this. You get some reggae. You get soul. You get a lot of world. Yeah, I, I just kind of. I think plus uh, some Mario Speedway. Exactly. No, I mean that's kind of a weird thing that I kind of learned from Penfield is you. I, I didn't really. You know, we grew up in a time of busing, and um, my high school teacher is trying to tell me that a lot of the suburbs of Rochester were racially seg segregated through, like, their property, um, you know, protocols and stuff. Kinda. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just an odd thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, um, I'm, I'm very chastened. I don't know what the adjective is to say that I didn't grow up in a black community and black culture is so important to American culture. Oh, yeah. And um, I, you know, it wasn't really until I started writing my own music that I could open my mind to people of other experiences. You know, my, my, my listening used to be very Catholic and a lot of people don't leave this first degree of, you know, they want, yeah. like you want an avatar, you want to listen to someone who could be you, you know, and your sense of empathy as a kid, you're, you're going to probably pick someone who you physically resemble, like 
Rob loved Elton John when he was 20 because, you know, he looks like Elton John. You know, I love Catwoman. You know I love Catwoman. And Catwoman. And he looks like Julie Newmar in a, in a bodysuit, of course, yeah. as well. You so, would know yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyways, long story short, uh, yeah, I got into all these different kinds of music. Once I started writing for myself and, you know, you've got your tools and you're like, oh, let's try this channel. Let's try this channel. And basically it's if you can pull it off and maybe I can't pull it off, but the song with the reggae beat is called The Underwear Salesman. And it's about a guy who sells women's underwear because he's ugly, his wife's ugly, his life's ugly. But at least if he's selling women's underwear, he gets like close to beauty in life. And we need beauty in our life. It's like a also, Zen concept. You really, it's a lot of it's like you're telling stories. I tell Adriana a lot of this about her oh. songs where it's not yeah. like you're going um, bop, bop, wham, yeah, wham. That's uh, you, you know, there's lots of lyrics to your songs. Well, thanks. That's cool. I'll take that as a compliment. And that I also to Rochester going to like Nazareth College and being like a, a French student. I mean, the French have like a serious history uh, of chanson where it's kind of this troubadour tradition where you're a poet trying to put your poems to music. And that's how I work. And it took me years to understand that, you know, that's the trish I belong to because my father was a classical musician. He taught at Nazareth. And my parents couldn't understand me because I can't read a score. I can't play a solo. Uh, but, you know, if, if and there might be people in your audience like this, you know, but you connect to the words. I'm always I'm a better behind the scenes guy. I'm involved in production, like with music bringing mm -hmm. people together and like in terms of music, like movies and stuff. I'm like the idea guy, but I yeah, well, people need the stuff. idea. You're the Svengali. We, we have the actor here. <laughs> you know, Peg, you're the, you're the, the accent theater here. Yeah, you're the Malcolm McLaren. But it's, it's I don't know what the, the point I was making, but yeah, there, there are different traditions. And then, um, you know, if you grew up in Rochester and, and you kind of, you know, you had a kind of sedate childhood compared to most people, then you're ready for an adventure. I mean, I don't I mean, many people I went to high school with got married and had kids like right after high school. And I'm just like, fuck that shit. It's you know, it's time to go to Washington and, and you know, work for a congressman later indicted. You know, it's time to. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, you're, you're, your guy got so I think something happened to that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did all those years. But, you know, and then you kind of get hooked on. I think they, I think it's more common these days. But when we were in um, high school and college, you know, being an exchange student was kind of a, a, a jump in the dark. And it's maybe it's more common now. But um, I, I kind of just never got over being an exchange student. I went to France in, when I was in Nazareth. And then I went to Brazil uh, because you kind of work through like French music. And then you realize it kind of dies mostly after Serge Gansberg dies. And then you go into Brazil and it's like, yeah. it's like France, a whole planet, like bigger. And then you decide, I'll fuck it. I'll just be an exchange student again. It's cheaper this way, you know, because you're like ordering CDs you don't understand. And they and arrive I'll, late. I'll tell cockroaches. a little secret too. One of the big things we used to find out in Washington is you could get free meals. All you had to do was walk around and find receptions on the hill. <laughs> I, think, I think we all... There was one we walked into. Remember the one? It turned out to be a fundraiser for Marion Barry. <laughs> ah, ah, Remember that one? Yeah. We see you lots of lots of lots of memories there. And and I, I'm sure Rob, you did this. You've done this in your own way, but you just keep living this life. And yep. so I went yep. to Brazil in the same way, like I was a Nazareth student in France, and I went to Japan. And and then after a while, you just wind up in New York City because you can't run forever. <laughs> Now, you you got to find, find your place. It's like my yeah. friend Dave Acuesta. He always moved, and he said, as long as you keep going, 
you don't. That's called pulling a geographic in uh, in AA parlance. But yeah, it just you, you just keep running and, until you don't get caught. But I, I don't know. I, I just... It's very weird. Like you would love like all our friends in theater here because they don't do the obvious. They always like DVC. Yeah. All them they try to do different stuff. Yeah. So I think. Yeah. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying to get back in it. I actually, I got to tell you, Rob. I mean, it's, it was probably, I wrote these two theater, these rock theater pieces, and they were probably the, it was like heroin. It was like doing heroin is like the purest kind of thrill I ever felt. And I'm trying to get back to that. And you go, you see, it's not that I'm, I'm that much of a narcissist. I probably am. But you see like just bad shit that is like making millions of dollars. And you say, I could do better. You know, I mean, I, I saw Rent and I thought it had one or two memorable songs, but I thought this is a shitty piece of shit. You know, and then like I kind of, I kind of uh, fell in with like never seen it. Yeah, you're not missing not anything, you know. It's, <laughs> and and so, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to. Hopefully, we'll all meet in theater heaven. I'm trying to write a piece now. I'm really trying to. I mean, I don't know what to say. I, I love as much as I love my job. There's kind of an educational industrial complex, and I really don't think they're interested in in encouraging children to think for themselves. And I'm trying to like capture this in a very dark piece for children that's kind of like Alice in Wonderland meets Pink Floyd the wall I mean um, there's a there's a lot of money in children's theater and the idea that I could like sell them back something that they've fucked me up with uh, oh, that's yeah. like ultimate karma revenge kind we of plan we did the point which is probably drug related but we had a fundraiser oh, for our music school and we did the point yeah. to bring in you know all the little wow. kids there. and I thought this was before COVID we haven't done anything since COVID oh, that, that's beautiful what uh, that was done at a school? What was what that? What we did um, was my friends Katie, Katie and Ben Morey started the Submarine School for Music. What we do is, if you can't afford it, we make sure you can come. So we've been having we had fundraiser at the cinema with our friend Michaela, some of her band, Alex Cote, Allison Cote, who's a big artist here, and we did the point. We put it on screen and they played the characters. Oh, that's beautiful! And then COVID hit and everything went to hell, pretty much. Yeah. Rob, I, 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 I'm so happy to know that your spirit has expanded. I've been reading a lot of Dickens, and I thought you were on like the straight line to be Ebenezer Scrooge or something in your 20s. You were just getting really evil and everything. And, and oh, must, I like oh, evil oh, way. If you saw who I'm attracted to, you, <laughs> you probably uh, take that back. But it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> we probably have the same taste in a lot of way. But the, but I think, you know, you grow and you learn. You get you brought up in like that you know, you're trapped in like a high school and stuff with all this conformity and you break out, you find things. But one thing we definitely have to talk about now, what do you think of the current state of comic books? Um, it's just, you know, th this is the thing being 54, it's kind of hard. It's like, I know the culture isn't really aimed at, at, at me. It's, it's, it, it, you know, what are comic books written for like a, a, a 10 year old or a, and I, but I still love them. You know, what, so what can you do? I mean, maybe, maybe I'm the one who's off and there, there shouldn't be what these you, artificial. Would you follow anything these days? You follow the big two at all? Do you follow? like? I, as I mentioned, I'm just obsessed with these Marvel movies and how close fellow do they get right to this here, course material. Fellow right here, fellow Marvel. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a self-professed uh, Marvel fanboy, uh, MCU fanboy. Um, since day one, yeah. and I, you know, not that I, not that, not that I think every movie is perfect, and there are no mistakes. Because certainly, you know, uh, but I think that, like you were saying, the way they, the way they honor the source material, 
is is better than astounding any, like that's better than any direct adaptations that people have tried to make comic book movies because they've 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 realized that you don't that's not what you do what you do right. is you tell uh original stories that are bits taken from different writers and different runs and different graphic novels so like you know wandavision just one small example of it and given that you know it was a it was a uh a, basically a mini series that had more uh you know more time to to develop it but there was like you know the the most recent vision stories the classic vision and uh scarlet witch you know uh runs um and and they took pieces from all of those so they didn't follow like the the narrative at the end that they followed was their own from one place to another but it took concepts from these things along the way and they did that you know with loki too especially you know there's all the you know the kid loki and the loki for president and for all the other things that have popped up since the lady loki and they've used elements of those to put it together and 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 the movies they they take bits from here there i'm you know scrunch some characters together you know, um, but yeah. they do it in their own way, which I think is the way to go. No, I, I, I'm sorry if I'm talking too much. Um, you don't know. Yes, I, 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 I get on that subject and I ramble. Uh, no, I mean, it reminds me of an of an Onion headline when Steve Jobs got died. Like the only man in America who knew what he was doing dies, and you get with Kevin Feige that mm -hmm. he's passionate and he really cares, and we know that you know this is all about making money, but. So many times as a kid, I was so disappointed by like the CBS adaptations. It's like, what? There are no supervillains in Hulk? What the fuck? You know, yeah. or, you know, your, your little 14 year old masturbatory self is waiting to see like, like Scarlet Witch in a leotard. It's like, what? Who designed her costume? What the <laughs> fuck? You know, and, and so I think it, it is something about that, that some people understand, like a Kevin Feige, and I don't know enough about Steve Jobs to make a comment, but yeah. you, you see people with a vision who have some integrity, who, who know how stuff should be, and know that it has a value of, as you say, respecting the source material. And it, it, it turns people in, into a cult. You know, you think about like a clothing, let's say skateboarding uh, supreme. You know, it becomes yeah, a cult yeah. because there are people who do things right, do things with care, and the money follows if you make something of quality. And, and that's, again, the paradigm that we're in. It's harder to lie to people in some ways when information is instantaneous. You better be doing good shit because yeah. the shit will go everywhere. And I think Marvel understands that. And I, I think they have a very high level of quality control. You have DC, like, fumbling and trying to, yeah. like, oh, we have to retcon everything. Oh, oh, you know, it's just pathetic, you know. But, but in their defense, I mean, their heroes are all, like, 80 years old, so, you know. Uh, yeah, and that's and that's the other thing too, and 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 I think you know once I think the big mistake they made was trying to all of a sudden jam everything into a cinematic universe when that's not the way they originally intended. You know, so you're just yeah. stuck to making self-contained stories. We can handle that. We've been yeah. handling that, you know, up until 2008, and you know, yeah, that's why when well, everybody you know, says like that's not how you do a cinematic universe, and it's like, well, to be fair, there's really only been one. And I think <laughs> you know, also. In that also, way. to be fair, beyond the CGI having really matured to the yeah. point where they could create anything Jack Kirby could draw up, I think the other thing that I haven't heard people talk about is also the where science is today that 
you know, this isn't strictly fan fantasy. Yeah. I mean, you see stories about the army developing Iron Man sort of armor. Yeah. You read about molecular yeah. manipulation yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And um, also like parallel universes. So this stuff is, I mean, this is something I, I had this kind of um, Three Little Pigs tour of the world where I lived in, in three different cultures like Japan, Brazil and France. And I came back to this idea that even on a bad day, America, you know, it's a it's a pretty decent kind of locomotive. It's it's always looking in the future. I, I think people are generally sincere. They help each other. And we could talk for hours about how that doesn't always happen in other places. But, yeah. you know, even America on the ropes, you know, it's it's kind of like I have this commitment to the Bronx. I'm going to play my silly little pocket dictator songs to my students and and um, there's there's just this kind of superhero-esque feeling in our culture, like Star Trek. You know, Star Trek kind of yeah. represented the promise of America. I think Marvel does in a way, too. It's it's just trying to be inclusive and then just, I don't know. I, I mean, I Stanley was an asshole. That's the th yeah, he was. Yeah, Actually, yeah, I'm, I'm reading his, reading his, I'm reading that latest bio. I'm reading that latest bio from right he, now. He got all the glory, but at the same time, Stanley, but Stan, like, Stanley also had and Stanley also had the balls to get out in front of things, and he had, yeah. he had, he had a thing that a lot of these other comic buys didn't have, and that was a personality. And, You're right. And, You're right. And, was, and uh, he was an extrovert, where a lot of other people were introverts. So, you know, you're right. And he was a, a lot face. of people on the way, but I, you know, I don't know if that was always his plan. You know. And I, I, I think, know. I think that the reason I'm here with Rob is we want our moment. We want our statue in the park. Like fuck you, world. <laughs> we we suffered we suffered socially for being comic book geeks. When yeah. we went to comic conventions, there were no girls under three hundred pounds under the age of fifty. You know, at fuck you, everybody. You know, I suffered. You know, I was not as bad as the kid bringing the the Miko Star Wars action dolls into high school. I knew enough that I would be beaten up. But you know, definitely part of a marginalized community. Uh, for most of my adolescence, didn't lose my virginity till I was 21. You know, just really uh, a beta, late bloomer, cuckolded kind of person. And now suddenly it's cool. Fuck you. We suffered. We suffered for those back issues. I do know? that too. Just I as long as you're not starting movements, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, just the thing. Like I and I like I, I've seen the whole you know the whole incel movement start up, and and we're obviously we're we're being silly, but at the same time, it's just like. I think I I get the root of this. Like I could have very easily been that guy, but I think you persevere by the fact that you you just become your own person. You know, you don't let everyone else dictate that for you. But I had the one. This is in grade school. Okay, the teacher goes around asking what everybody's favorite show is. So we're hearing Happy Days, Welcome Back, Cotter. They get to me and I say Star Trek, and I get the look. From everybody in class. Yeah, the, our, our, you know, our, our nephews and nieces will not understand this, that there was a price yeah. to pay. I don't want to say we are the Negroes of the entertainment world, but we had to no. pay a heavy burden. We had to hard, uh, shoulder a heavy burden to be yeah. a geek. Uh, and that was a pejorative term before yeah. the yeah. geeks yeah. all turned also, into the billionaires, yeah. you know. Uh, so we're in a different paradigm now, you know, well, I and, see and that. I mean, I see like, even like the first Avengers movie to me, I looked at it and go, went, this is like classical 1970s Marvel Avengers. Just the way yeah. the story was done, everything. It's reminding yeah. me of something out of the 1970s. Yeah. You know, and, then I you know, and, and I, 
I use comics in the classroom and I still get looks down people's noses. I'm working. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah. a lot of, a lot of kids don't read. I mean, reading is hard if you don't have stuff you like. So I kind of do for my students what my parents did for me or what Rob's mom buying comics while Rob is yelling at her for buying the wrong comics in Washington. Oh, uh, you knew that. I, oh, would she have picked up my bag? Oh, uh, yeah, but I, I, I buy, I buy comics for my students to help them read because reading is too hard if you don't like what you're reading. Yes. And this is something my beloved colleagues don't understand. I mean, there is this whole evil testing uh, corporation kind of thing and, and, and they don't get it. They, they think that kids love to be tested. And no. so I'm like on the side, like slipping kids comic books and stuff and I'm seeing the results. I'm getting the love back and that's why it's easy for me to teach middle school because I'm like spiritually 12. Or nine, <laughs> you know, um, but it's what adults don't get, you know, uh, but comics are great and they lead to, you know, they lead to reading like science fiction and fantasy, yeah. which leads to history and political mm -hmm. science. It makes you go to Fisher and remember Rich Sauerzoff. Oh, oh, my God. Poor Rich. <laughs> poor Rich. Poor guy. I was very sad but, when I found out about that about Rich. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah but Anyways, yeah. But that's the thing like that, though. I started reading comics. My reading level was past high school. I was like in second grade, yeah. which made me popular because they stuck me by myself reading my own books. Mm. That always makes yeah. you really popular. But you know, Yeah, no, I, I, I uh, it, it's really odd with, with social media. It's like you're living in a constant past. Uh, and, you know, this is this is great, you know, but you're just it, it, it's yeah. kind of like your emotions don't really age. You're still 13 and. And oh my God, there's the girl I had a crush on 30 years ago, and yeah. she's still looking hot. But you know, she married someone who's earning about 20 times more than me, and exactly. has some pretty nice looking kids, you know. But it, it is strange that how those feelings don't go away. So this is a real interesting yeah. kind of dialogue for me from that point of view. That you're always 13, you know. That's like yeah, the start of your, your adulthood. It's weird though, you know? too, how like because of social media, like people in high school who didn't even want to know me or anything or probably spit on the ground by me. Now they want to be your friends and you right. have nothing in common with them either. Yeah. Right. And what's a funny thing is even at 54, I meet somebody new. And if they're one of these like dumbass Neanderthal alpha males, you see it in their eyes. There's like this micro expression of recognition and you're both 13 again in the locker room. And he's about to kick your ass, yeah. you know, and, and it, you just have to scratch a little bit. And then those yeah. feelings are still there, you know. But we found uh, that I think yeah, that you talked about connection. I think I always say Rochester, you can draw circles like all around. Yeah. I'm like a connecting point with a lot of people. But okay, this circle of people is here. I have all these circles of friends, yeah. and I think you find yeah. them. Like you said, the positive people are out there. If you look, you have to go through. Like you know, you want to go see a cover band in Greece, you can go do that if you want. Yeah. I don't really care to. I think, you know, on that note, what saved us, I, I, I think you, we all know this at one time in, in, I assume we're all the same generation, like Brighton had some of the best schools in the nation. And um, there, there was kind of a, a surplus that we benefited from in that, um, you know, first of all, you know, the Jewish influence, just the intellectual, you know, inherent legacy of, of the Jewish culture is there. And the fact that the smartest women had limited career paths, so many of them became teachers. So there was probably some kind of spillover effect. Even if you didn't grow up in Brighton, I think the whole region probably benefited by this critical mass of, of really brilliant women in the mid 20th century. And, and, you know, we had great public schools. The quality of schooling that I had 
um, you could not duplicate today in a private school. You know, like I'm sure you guys had similar experiences where you were doing some really neat shit in, in public school in the 70s and the 80s, you know. And I think that's a lot of that is that legacy. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's that's part of Rochester for me is, you know, that because you see what it looks like. You walk into a, a Jewish home here and it looks like a bookstore. And then I'm tutoring some poor kids and they have a Bible and a and a, and a television, you know. And, and so it's um, I'm sorry, maybe this is a little it's it's probably get get me canceled. But, um, <laughs> you know, Rochester, Rochester has that great blend of cultures that I think you know, make it a jewel in the rough. I mean, yeah. I guess historically Rochester was shafted. I guess what the mayor of Rochester got in a fight with the governor and the throughway bypassed Rochester. Oh, we, <laughs> you guys know about yeah, yeah. we have a little interesting mayor stuff. Yeah, our mayor just got, our yeah. mayor got indicted. Our mayor just uh, got indicted. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because her husband uh, did some naughty did stuff. Some naughty stuff and she claims to not know about, but it was all done in her yeah. house. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's... Yeah, you stick well, like in terms prize. of like film and stuff. Do you just stick to the indies now and stuff for the big Marvel, like the comic book movies? Um, films, I, I I just I just buy DVDs that I don't open. I, I they're just to impress girls that come over. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, what what have you guys been watching? I I've, uh, I'm behind I on everything. I'm just behind on everything. I really. have, yeah, I do. Uh, what's what I call the streaming service merry-go-round. Where yeah. every every month I will pick up, you know, I will drop one, grab another one, watch whatever's on there that's interesting. Um, the thing, thing that I'm digging right now, as far as films go, are just I'm I'm catching up on the weird horror movies uh, that have come out in the last <laughs> uh, five that's... six years, and I, you know, um, stuff in the vein of you know, like the A24, you know, Hereditary, Midsummer, um, but there's you know, there's all kinds of uh like uh and i'm trying I, I can't there's some bizarro directors that have made movies like um uh uh, uh beyond the black oh God, what see, it's called beyond the black circle or something like that remember um uh, we call mandy uh with nicholas cage um there's weird shit i saw i saw empty man which was out in theaters you know for the four or five people who went to theaters um that starts like a random like a kind of normal horror movie that becomes of this weird metaphysical philosophical nightmare um but you know and then there's the uh the marvel shows and the and the star wars shows and the stuff that i if they existed when i was a kid i you know i would be probably be 20 times a bigger nerd than i am now but well, we have you rob any any films really, you've seen uh I just getting back, like I actually finally watched like last year. I finally got around to watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, yeah, which uh -huh. I really liked. I liked actually like Doctor Sleep, but for a different reason than like the movie itself <laughs> being good. And then uh, Sleep was okay. I've been getting back into Doctor Who a lot lately. I've been getting back into watching old Doctor Who's. So I've been doing that. I've been binging on them pretty much the classic are you talking about classic, classic like all the old classic because you can get yeah. them on dvd now you never yeah. really could get them and i try to find odd movies john pertwee <laughs> yeah yeah um i i let's see uh a few things come to mind uh, i don't know if you guys like uh like french comedies or stuff there was this film Jacques called tatty i was watching the old jock tatty movies yeah a while ago there is this uh belgian actor who looks like a young george c scott 
His name is Daniel Poulverd, and he was in this film called The Brand New Testament. Have you heard about this? He plays God, like God me. lives in Belgium. No. The Brand New Testament, and uh, it's like some people. It's kind of like a dude movie. Like women think this is stupid, uh, yeah. but it's like God is like this asshole, and he lives in Belgium. And he just sits at a computer and he just fucks things up for humans all day long. <laughs> and his his daughter, he's like abusive towards his kids. And he has this daughter and she's like, fuck this shit. And she she releases everybody's day of death to the world. So everybody knows exactly <laughs> they have how long to live. And you think about like how that changes people. But yeah. anyways, it's, I thought it was a funny movie. It's called uh, The Brand New Testament. It's on Prime. And then I watched like everything this guy did because I found him like incredibly hilarious. And he has he's, he has a very he's kind of like Robin Williams meets George C. Scott. He's a very funny <laughs> uh, animated actor. And if you just look for Daniel Pulver or A Brand New Testament, I think you guys would really enjoy these films. You like any of the and, Studio and, Ghibli stuff like Miyazaki and his animation? You like any of those? Uh, I, I've seen some of it when I was in Japan, um, like Spirited Away and all those things. I haven't got back in it. I try to keep up. I mean, part of like keeping the kids um, safe and happy at school, I try to get into what they're into just so I know what's going through their heads. And um, they, they're, they've been watching like Rick and Morty a lot. And they listen. I try to listen to the rap, even though it's all like beep, 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 you know, just to know what's going through their minds so I can like drop some cheap jokes and, you know, make some superficial connections with them. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I probably should One know of the more. Ones I, I tried to get into filling out my foreign films during lockdown and I got a Pasolini's uh, life collection, which is like the Cameron Arabian nights. And I haven't watched them yet. That's his life is uh -huh. death. But if you've ever seen Solo, that movie's repulsive. It's the best way to describe <laughs> Solo if you've ever seen it. Yeah. It's just horrifying. Uh, I, I yeah, I don't know. I just it's it's just kind of odd. I don't know if you guys I, I assume you guys are both collectors and you got to kind of watch this like habit, like after midnight on Amazon, you just start buying shit. And I've got like <laughs> yes. stuff in plastic that I haven't opened. And it's just you realize you're like in King Tut's tomb. You're like yeah. building your own sarcophagi here. You've got all yeah, this shit. You're never going to have time right for it. Yeah, can you All see right. the Star Wars my, my Lego Star right. Wars collection, which is have you seen one movie I really did like of late was there's a couple was Ad Eternity's Gate. Okay, was, I'll, I'll uh, check when, it out. That was it's Bud Van Gogh. And there's another one. Have you seen The Lighthouse? No. That, is this oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yes. Um it is I you could classify that as 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 horror for sure, because there's some definitely so it's very it's oh god! I'm trying now to remember the director for. Uh, he did the witch, he, didn't he? Did uh, the same guy who did the witch. Yes, yes. Which is another. Which is the which the the lighthouse makes the witch look like uh, you know um, rainbow honey eyes from Star Stealers. But um, the yeah, the, it's 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 uh, uh, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe as two lighthouse keepers. The whole movie is in like four four like. Uh, uh, boxed in little screen, um, which which is which is very, it, you know, the it gives you this really claustrophobic effect. It's all in black and white, um, and they they play these two lighthouse keepers who basically go insane, um, and they're like Cthuloid visions that they have, and uh, they get you know uh, stupendously drunk and fight and. Uh, you know, Willem Dafoe's the old lighthouse keeper who's up, you know, standing naked in front of the lamp, looking at something, you know, and, and 
And apparently Pattinson was was genuinely drunk through a lot of the movie, which um, is uh, cool. Which is which is which is on one level yes, but on a professional level is a very very bad idea. I got <laughs> and you. Caused Willem Dafoe and him to really really fight sometimes. I, um, I like but, I like Knives Out, which was like sort of an old fashioned like mystery. Uh, yeah, Knives Out was good. Knives Out was you know like a classic whodunit, but for like a modern audience, you know. And uh, well, it's like there was, the, there was the one guy who was like the big Trump. He was like, "What do you say? Get your undocumented self out, undocumented self out." <laughs> everyone was everyone was so at brilliantly cast, you know, and they're all like, you know, these are the 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 you know, the, the 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 rich family. Um, and everyone from the conniving, uh, you know, the conniving um, ne'er do well uh, to the, uh, you know, the 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 uh, the, the in law who never leaves, you know, <laughs> the what the heck was the, it? What's the, never Daniel leaves, Craig's uh, Benoit Blanc? Is he like supposed to be like a Kentucky Colonel type? I couldn't get that accent like for half yeah, the movie. It's, it's a it's a kind of a sort of sort of Cajunish accent that he does. But I'll ask you this question. We were talking about Marvel. What would you do if you could wave your wand to sort of save the DC universe? Yeah, I would reboot it. Um, but I think, you know, they have some individual properties that are doing pretty well. Amelia uh, Clark I, is Mara. That's the first thing. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think um, whatever. I mean, I, I, I just, I, this is really odd. I think, as I mentioned before, I, I sometimes I sneak, sometimes like I, I take students to watch these, you know, because there are films I want to see. It's like, hey, come on, guys. We've got to see the new Green Lantern movie or whatever. That's the way but, to do it, though, uh, isn't it? Oh, we'll have to interrupt for a second. You finally watched Green Lantern. What did yeah. you think? Um, I thought it was it was, it was it was pretty bad. It wasn't as 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 horrendously bad as I thought it was going to be. But I'm also not a Green Lantern, a big Green Lantern head. So, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. You know, it's 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 really, I think someone someone has written about this. It is a structural issue there. You know, their characters are really old. And I think DC's gone through so many reboots of their comics line, haven't they? Where they've taken yeah, things they back to zero. Yeah, yeah like, did they yeah. do a whole thing? They called it that 52. Where 52. Like, I actually watched Doom last week. It was a cartoon. It was a version of the Jeff Johns Justice League. It takes the new 52 Justice League and how they all meet. It's like starts down. They have weird ones like, and one Superman's so much younger than Batman and all this other stuff. Yeah. I think, Rob, to answer your question, I think, you know, maybe they're doing the best that they can, and now Marvel's moving to this multiverse thing. I mean, the funny thing is, um, you know, they could almost be, I mean, I think they're trying to do this, they're, like, very, like, self-conscious and, you know, kind of ironic about their stories. I think that's a good way to go. I mean, I, I'm sure you guys are aware, like, Alan Moore once wrote this uh, treatise, like, the, the, the Twilight of the Superheroes, where he was, yeah. like, figuring out a way to end the whole DC Universe, and it's brilliant. I guess other people have ripped it off and sold it, but, I, you know, I mean, that's the thing. It's I think maybe Adult Swim pioneered this, but someone came up with this great idea, like, hey, let's take, like, kids culture from previous eras and regroup it for adults you know and i would i would probably do stuff like that you know so uh, yeah uh, kevin smith's he-man uh is coming to netflix soon and uh, like oh that, my yeah. god <laughs> to see what that's going to be um i i have i have i haven't really seen anything i haven't watched any of the trailers and i was never like that was um i was never a he-man kid though i was the right age for it um because i because i was a star wars kid and Granted, you could be lots of different things, but I was say I saw I, even when I was like eight, I thought He Man was too on the nose. <laughs> you know, just like this is this yeah. is too silly. 
The one other yeah, I mean, there's... Yeah, go on. No, go on. Oh, no, I was going to say, um, there's a guy in Portland named Mark Russell who wrote, like, a Flintstone series, and he's, like, injecting, yeah. like, yeah, like, social really gritty criticism. Really gritty Flintstones. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's, that's kind of... T- the Alan Moore legacy. And, you yeah. know, if you can actually look at Alan Moore's books, he's horrible at dialogue. His ideas oh, are yeah. brilliant, but his characters are completely yeah. wooden. If and you tried like, to read Jerusalem, yeah. I, 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 I give up. I mean, I don't think these things, I'm, I'm not like a fan of Watchmen. If you actually read it, I mean, the ideas are great, but you look at what the characters are saying to each other, it's completely, it's wood. It's complete wood. You and know? it's supposed yeah. to be, all it was supposed to be was the Char- little Carlton characters. Yeah, that's, yeah. And they couldn't yeah. get, so they did it like this. But I mean, I think that's that's like really fertile stuff to play with. I mean, I think everybody it's it's really the Disney paradigm. You want to create entertainment for kids that adults will enjoy as well. And, and you know, I think most stories, you know, we're looking for that classic hero's journey as we teach in middle school. Right. And, um, you know, why not make something you want to shoot for as big of an audience as you can? And I, I think Disney stuff is Kind of solid. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I think so too. As, as you know, as as much of the yeah. you know quote unquote evil empire as they are, but I, I just, yeah. the the thing the thing that Disney has done with a lot of the things they've acquired is they know they know their worth, and they don't mm-hmm. mess with that. You know, yeah. and they 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 do everything they they seem to do everything they can to foster them. Like we know what the secret sauce of Marvel is when we when we bought it. So they didn't yeah. be like, okay, well now everything's gonna be this, and you're gonna have to work Cinderella into shit. And you're just like, no, they were just like, and yeah. there's also the just flaws. here's a billion billion more dollars. Just keep doing this and make keep making it good. And there's yeah. also the flaw. I like characters with flaws like Daenerys from Game of Thrones, which she's basically a sweetheart, kind-hearted, and you know she has bad days not every now and then. But yeah. you know, but they try to make her bad, but she's really not or anything. But the latest yeah. one I'm getting I mean, into is Umbrella Academy. That's like the latest series actually got yeah. the hybrid pickup but they, they were yeah. like showing our students i don't know if you guys have seen coco that film uh set oh, around the mexican day of the I know dead what it is yeah. it's really sharp i'm just i was blown away with how much detail and how much adult level entries there and i'm like wow you know yeah, and it's and like hitting you young know, people with these with these big with these big you know with these heady concepts that are yeah at the end of the day just universal human things that you know it's just like why yeah. can't let's talk about death because no, you know? it's, it's an interesting argument. This goes back to education. Like research suggested that like Blue's Clues is a much more effective kind of paradigm for, for kids. I mean, like the research show, like, like Sesame Street, you know, used to be like this, like the yeah. early Sesame Street that we grew up on. Very sophisticated. You know, you have jazz musicians, you have avant-garde people mm-hmm. doing really crazy shit. And you look at the early Sesame Street, it's like we're probably be rated R today, you know. Um, but at a certain point, like... The blues clues paradigm where you just like Barney, like you do simple, boring shit, you know, they yeah. found that that was more effective. However, like what you're saying, you, you those ideas are they stay with the kids and it's OK yes. for kids yeah. to have a mystery in their mind that they don't fully understand. You know, you know, we're that's the thing. Like, we, I, I can't tell how many discussions I've gotten in with people, you know, who are parents of, of, of you know my generation when they talk about like, you know, introducing their kids to the concept of death and it's you know and it's just like one of those things that at the end of the day it just kind of happens i don't like i never sat down and had a big talk about death 
though I had though I did have some weird religious shit when I grew up. So I well, you know. look, those little fuckers <laughs> probably stepped on a, a lot of bugs before yeah. you even had to bring up yeah. death. I mean, that's your yeah. first experience with death, probably is stepping on ants. You know, I think you, yeah, I think you usually find that that uh, what I found almost universally with this is kids handle a lot better than you think they will. You know, Absolutely. my my my, Absolutely. my, my, my Bonnie died. The first death I ever dealt with was my grandmother. But then, like I'm looking at the last years, we've had friends pass oh, away. Yeah, we had yeah. I dealt with, you know my saga with my dad. I dealt with for five years, yeah. and then I basically was told I was like doomed about a month ago, and it turned out not. You no, I I literally I went to the doctor, so I can tell you this story. They did the EKG, said, you got to go to the cardiologist. Some say had a really bad heart attack, and you better look at this. And uh, So I was waiting for a month. It turns out it was nothing. I'm fine. Oh, good. Fine. But, right. you, but you think don't, about don't stuff, Don't get an EKG though. from your don't primary get a, Yeah, don't get an EKG from your primary <laughs> care. That's the story. They don't know what they're doing. So, yeah, they don't know yeah. what they're doing. And it's not the doctor. It's that the nurses aren't experienced with mm. it. But um, you go through that, like, for a month, you think there's so much more I want to do. There's so many things I'm working on. Yeah. And you start thinking about it's like the end. It makes you really think about it. Where you know we've lost friends at young ages, and then look at Rich. Yeah. Asked. Yeah, I, I think over fifty, you could die from farting. I mean, I, I'm just grateful. Like every <laughs> Don't day, that my vegetarian diet's been doing the bad. Yeah. You, you you just, too. Fred yeah, Dodo. I got, another, I got another year to just destroy yeah. myself. Fred, Fred Dodo yeah. and Mike Guzik come on from fish. You got to come back with them sometime. <laughs> Okay, are we? How are we doing on time, guys? Uh, what, I think we're, uh, we're we're about pretty to, much. What else you want to add? Doing, it's yeah. been great having you. No, I I I just appreciate reconnecting with you, Rob, and and hey, it's, my it's real great. friends. No matter you know, I'm like a cat. My real friends, though, I never forget. Except um, that whatever yeah. his name was. Music <laughs> would be good too because he's a Jesuit. You two would have loads of fun. <laughs> But uh, no, it's it's great that you guys are doing this, and you know I wish you a lot of luck. If anyone's interested in checking out my music, it's Bob oh, Gawke, G A U L K E. Uh, I'm on all the streaming shit, and um, yeah, you know it's just it's nice to um, you know one one for the uh, you, you know the, role, the we actually 80. we try to do. I know Pat does it yeah. more than me, but you ever do like the role playing? I mean, I, I know kind of role playing games you've probably done. <laughs> But uh, I mean, like the board games, not those kind of games. Well, we're, we're actually trying to do with part three of the D and D. I haven't done that for years. I think but, you'd be um, good. You'd be so good. You have a story. I think, yeah. I think is is there a guy named Wayne Brown still around Rochester? He ran a uh, science I fiction. No, I, I knew. I know Wayne. I haven't. I don't. I I'm trying to. I I, I met I Wayne in 1979. I think he might have passed. I am not sure. Boy, I hope uh, I'm not. I'm not talking out of school. Um, we, Wayne, I, if you're there, I ran into him at every convention, uh, whether Rochester Science Fiction Association. Yeah, or great yeah. guy. Great no, guy. I mean, we we, we forget before the internet, yeah. information was at such a premium, and you would rely on older friends like mentors, like from the Shazam TV show. No, you would rely on older friends to like. Key you into stuff, and uh, yeah, I know Wayne, a young boy uh, going around with this guy in a van. Wow, that's a good concept for now. Yeah, <laughs> I know a lot of pedophiles, anyways. Uh, but Wayne in 1979, 1980 started a science fiction fantasy comic, I guess you call it a meetup now at the Rundell Library, and that's where you know it's just an exciting stuff. If you guys have ever done like workshops or there's a feeling like when you connect with people of, of the same interest, that's just it's like it's like blows your mind and stuff and um 
I forgot why I'm mentioning this, but a role play. That was like the last time I, I did that stuff, uh, but it was great. And that was like the start of Urcon uh, one. Does Urcon still go in University of Rochester? Believe me, last couple of years. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's last couple years. I know. Um, yeah, like Urcon uh, Ur- was. Uh, well, U of Urcon actually became it was Simcon. Yeah. Um, Simcon, uh, right. which which I think um, was the original like simulation games convention, and there was a Rubicon, yeah. which is U, which was the RIT one. Um, yeah, they kind of come and go. Uh, yeah, 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 Astronomicon, I think, was was Wayne's thing. Yeah, it's still around, I think, is I think like yeah. some friends of mine I'm just were trying to it. check. And but see. the thing too is like I started doing this a couple of years ago, and I just I I promote all my local friends, obviously, but people just get addicted to doing it too. I have like multiple co-hosts. You get more than want to climb on yeah. the band. You know, get join the band. Well, which is cool. That sounds wonderful, Rob. I mean, I guess how I do that is... Obviously, you you don't want to drive into the studio, but, you know, when you want to come back, you're welcome to come back. Well, let me tell you how it works, and you'll see this in my clips. My my version of that is I need to make a video clip. I work with this Ukrainian director. He's like, okay, I can find some models. You can pay them for lunch and a pizza. And and so we get women to dress up in costumes like, okay, this is about like Catwoman. Okay. And it's about the henchman. And he's like in the friend zone because he's always getting arrested. They never beat Batman. So he must have a real stiffy for her, but he's like in the friend zone. He's never going to get any action with her. So, <laughs> you know. Sometime. Yeah, you just, you just, you know, you, you just, you buy costumes on Amazon, you, you pay the model. She doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. And you say, no, like this, you know. So all you gotta and, do is so buy the costume and you can get the model. Well, and, okay. well, and, and the, the cast, they like, they like cash. They like cash. They like to be on there too. So, <laughs> like so that's, that's, that's my role playing. That's the extent of my role playing, but we're always making. I like it. I like clips. it. I'm going to have to keep that in mind. We will get a play. Right. Well, I'll keep this over with Patrick. Yeah. We'll play a song of yours at the end from Oh, what is Civilization thanks. Ever Done for Me? What's uh, what, uh, uh yeah, uh, probably, probably the underwear salesman. This is, uh, again, a song about a guy whose life is like really terrible, but he sells women's underwear. So how can, how bad can it be? All right. And, and it's, will, uh, it's, it's actually on based on any of the lyrics for a second. We could put dirty it's songs based, on. That's fine. It's based yeah. on a real story. I should say that. And you can watch the video clip. It gets five views a day from desperate men in India for some reason. We don't want to see the naked buddy. Only I, wait, I can't make the voice. I actually, but I actually did. <laughs> I actually did one Christmas. I worked for Target, and I said one of the reasons to do it was I just Santa. wanted to see so I could talk about it. And in a way, it was like working for North Korea the way they treated people. But it's a good experience. It's also good because then you can relate to like how it is too, which is good. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But cool, okay, man. guys. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Nice to meet Come you. Thanks for having man. me. Great to see nice you. You know, okay. always, we always unite. All right, All right Nanu, let's. No, no, no. Okay, live long and, and prosper. All right, All right. thanks, man. Money he lived between the lines.
Blue, he got it. And out like a film, he survived. In fact, he thrived. It took me a while to forgive him. Then I thought, fuck, I'm that guy. Smile to smile, without a break. Sail to sail, do it again. Kids in white, know who you are. On the table sits your coffee mug. I need beauty in my life. I don't settle for smart. If I'll never be rich, at least I play my part. Train to train with the sample case, following the legs of the street. I've given up on being safe. Expectations fit my mornings. Net stockings, mad panties, double lace bodies, hair and bone, necklace, baby. You wear those things. Beauty in glances sustains more or less. Breathing in the city. Laughing and lying on the wind. I need beauty in my life. I don't settle for smart. If I'll never be rich, at least I.